Hi there, and welcome to a different way of seeing. Have you ever wondered how a disabled person lives their life? Join our host, Lois Drachen, as she chats to people about work, education, travel, sport, the arts, and leisure, and the tools and techniques they use to live their lives with the disability. And now, on with the show. Today on A Different Way of Seeing, we're speaking with Mdu Matenjwa, who is, he's a poet, he's a writer, he's a speaker, he's an occupational health and safety speaker. And well, he does a lot of different things. And amongst those, he is also the owner of Gratio Creations, a publishing house. And I wanted to dig into some of the, the questions behind what a publishing house does and the importance of giving people the opportunity of sharing their stories. Mdu, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to A Different Way of Seeing. Thank you very much, Louise, and to everyone who's listening and watching. Thank you. It's really great to have you with us. Before we dig into the publishing side of your work, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your story. All right. Um, do my tenure is my name, like you've said. Um, I just call myself a self-discovery agent uh, because of a lot of things that have happened in my life and uh, the experiences that I've had that are quite different uh, as far as a human being is concerned. So I'm um, from Durban, KZN in South Africa, um, from a small township called Lamontho. And I have a, a, a chemical engineering background, occupational health and safety background. Um, I love writing since the age of 15. And um, I'm tall, I'm dark, and I'm handsome. I was burnt by acid uh, at the age of 22 uh, when I was working in one of the mines as a chemical processor. And it was just one moment and one incident that my entire life changed. Now, usually people, they feel sorry for me. And then as soon as I tell them that that was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was my self-discovery day, then they start understanding the importance of, of my accident and stuff like that. So I am um, a self-discovery agent and I'm going to live to it until the day I run out of breath, so to speak. Well, that's, there, there's so much to unpack in your story and there, there's so much that you are saying within what you've shared with us already. But mm -hmm. there are particular areas that I'd like to, to really dig into a little bit more because, well, I've had the privilege of reading one of your books. So I've learned a little bit of your story. And I was amazed in mm -hmm. reading it how so much of the work that you do and of the person you are is very interconnected. And there's so many positive messages that come through about resilience, about determination. And I think that those have played important driving forces in your life. But before we kind of really invest, explore those, you say in your book that you started writing when you were very young, you were still a teenager. Can you tell us a little bit yes. about that? 
Ah, oh, Luis, that's another story. Um, I'm the firstborn of six kids. And we were raised under physically and emotionally abused background. We had parents, but they were never there. So we, ha- we literally had to raise ourselves. So being the firstborn, I had to, I was forced to be matured, like prematurely, so to speak. So I had to be responsible for my siblings. So when usually when you have to become that kind of a leader, uh, there's so many things that you have to hide for the, for the people that you were actually leading. So under those abusive, physically and emotionally abusive environments, I had to hide from my siblings when I am in pain. And the only way I could do that was to, because I had to establish some form of therapy for myself as well, because I had to see another day. I had to be strong for myself. Um, I, I had my own corner where I would just write every single thing that broke me at that moment. But I'd always ask me one question, myself one question. What is it that I'm seeing be, be, be beyond what I'm going through? So every poll I, I used, so I wrote in terms of poetry because I didn't want them, should they find this text? I didn't want them to actually figure out what is it that I'm talking about. So I could be talking about a tree, yet I'm talking about myself. So I'll, I'll write about everything that has been breaking me down. And then at the end of every poem, I'll have some light to it. I'll ask myself, what is it that I'm seeing beyond this? And then I'll write about it as well. So every night, I'll gather those poems and recite them, recite them for myself until I go to bed. And then I just kept moving like that. It was very therapeutic for me. So writing was my personal form of therapy. And it has been working for me from the day I discovered this thing of writing until my accident happened up until today as I'm talking to you. And in fact, you haven't stopped your writing, you've continued, although perhaps the, the, the focus of the writing has shifted from writing as a way of healing and giving yourself reassurance and support to providing motivation and guidance to others. True, true. Um... Louise, I how it actually changed was un, was unexpected because I've been using the same model in my life. My accident happened. I spent seven months in hospital. I was uh, in a coma for about two months, and then I started getting I started gaining my conscience at the uh, on the third month on the third month on the fourth and fifth. emotional pain. So I realized that I'm, I'm, I can end my life at any time from now. So let me bring back this model of writing as my personal therapy. So I started writing my accident each and every day in hospital, everything that was breaking me as usual. I wrote everything. I And when I was out of hospital, I kept, I kept everything. Now, it was not just poetry this time around. It was poetry and text, you know, normal text. And when I was out, I started feeling that actually with the seven months of solitude that I call, I realized that this particular kind of text, it was not meant for me alone. Now, this one was meant to, sh- to be shared with the world. So I started thinking about the easiest way for me to pass the message through that I feel that 
it was being downloaded into me during the course of my accident. So that's how it actually started. So that it became something that's not for me alone, but for everyone else. And I'm really grateful every single day, Louise, that because of that, uh, a lot of lives are being changed every single day. From your start as a writer, how did you make the transition into starting a publishing house? What was the driving force behind that decision? Okay. Um, after my accident, Louise, I lost everything. I lost my job. I lost my self-esteem because of how I looked. I lost friends. My family members had to readjust themselves to me and others were even scared of actually seeing me. And more, and economically, I lost even my shelter. I ended up living in the streets of Durban for about six months. And when I was living in the streets, I started thinking about how can I, because I was only, I didn't care about anything, but driving this message that, I, that has been given to me, which is my story, my accident. How can I get it like across to other people? That's all I cared about, right? So I started to just look for publishing companies, publishing houses. So they would get my stories because I had a lot of books as well that I had been writing like all my life. So I would just keep submitting them to traditional publishing houses. And they would all give me this, um, the message of saying, the regret messages. And the only reason that they would regret, they would not just take me in will be because they would say, I'm not established. I'm an unestablished author, which means I'm not known, which means my work, you know, it's going to cost them a lot of work because I don't have any audience. So then I asked myself, if there is no publishing house that is willing to create a platform for me to, to, to create my, my audience from scratch, then who can do that? And then this kind of a publishing house came through, which like it really focuses on helping an author, whether in established or non-established, how to help you as, like establish a platform for you for yourself and establish your clientele from scratch and move with them. So that's how it was actually formed. And the funny part, it is the how part, how it actually happened. You know, not many people can read, right? So when I lived in the streets, how I survived is I collected cardboard, cardboard and 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 bottles and recycle them. So I kept, I kept like doing the recycling and keeping the money because I started like, like making my research about publishing. So I gathered everything. I had a book that I had written that was not, a, it was not published and I kept getting these regret letters, regret letters. So I wanted to establish something of my own, but I wanted to make sure that I do it professionally. So I gathered the money, the funds, to actually start Grasho Creations itself. It was started on the fans from the street when I was collecting cardboard and, and, and bottles to, for, for recycling. And then I had one of the ladies who's my friend's uh, wife now. She, she, she did this literature thing from, from Varsity. I asked her to help me with the editing and stuff. And even the guys who are still doing the graphic designs for us, it's the first people that I had you know, I asked for favors from them because I wanted to make the book as, as good as possible with the little that I had. And then fast forward, the book was out, but I didn't know how to actually sell it. So I'll go around the street. Fortunately, you can literally see 
that that I'm 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 different. As as I am, I look different because I'm burnt. So I'll just go to people and explain to them, say, you know what? Um, as you can see, I was burnt by acid and this and this, and then they start getting curious. As soon as they get curious, and I say, okay, by the way, the rest of the story is in the book. Then that actually start purchasing the book, and then. And then I, I grew the publishing house from there because I remember my first client was one of the pastors who actually trusted me with, with his piece of work where he, he sent me the recordings and then I started transcribing for him and then we, we moved from there. So that's how it actually started in a nutshell. It's one of those stories that I, I don't, I never tire of hearing because there's just, it's so much a, a story of hope and trans, transformation and and resilience and and now from from that start you are running a business that is offering an option to other authors so i think you you've yes. outlined really quite nicely the kind of services that ratio creations offer is there anything more that you really just want to let us know about the types of ways that you work with authors yeah, what, what we offer to, to people is beyond publishing uh, because we're trying to help someone establish or create their platforms from scratch independently. When I say independently, I mean how do you, one, move your story from your mind into a book form, and then how do you create a marketplace for yourself independently, right? So that's how we help you. So if, about 80% of our clients lately you know, you would find that they don't have something written, but it's in their minds. So all we do is we sit down, we record you, and uh, and then we start transcribing, and then we keep exchanging text until, like, it is everything that you wanted. And then we actually help you as well uh, about one form of helping yourself to independently sell your book, which is what I believe in. You must be able to articulate properly what your book does, the, 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 you know, the, the, the offering of your book. What is it that someone would get as soon as they've read your book? And you must be able to speak professionally when it comes to that. So if you're able to convince people to leave your story or to leave your book, to be able to, to articulate it properly, the, easier, the, the, the better you can do that, the more clientele you can actually have because they can hear it and then they want more from it. So you must be able to connect to anyone that you're talking to when you're speaking about your book. So we also provide those services to help you to, to, to help you articulate your work and, and to also help you convert that actual book into different talks like per chapter. How do you convert this chapter into a talk so that you can be able to, to, to have a talk and, and to actually, a talk will help you to engage with someone so that they can understand that they actually need this kind of product, so to speak. So you must be able to, to speak professionally, which is why I ended up uh, being part of PSASA, uh, which, which, which I find that is very important for us as authors to be able to, to speak professionally when it comes to, to our books. And just for our listeners who aren't based here in South Africa, the PSASA is the Professional Speaking Association of Southern Africa. So just to provide that context. So in fact, you're, you're offering a full service that includes a degree of coaching and support in helping people to speak in order to sell their book, but also 
to sell their book as a way of then supporting their speaking. And I love that as a, as a process that you're using there. So I think it's such an amazing way of working and such an important way because there is so much out there in the market these days. So I think that's a really great way of working. Yeah, it is one of the greatest tools. And I, I learned it from a story, Louise. You know, as soon as you are able to, to, to actually articulate it very well, you know, the sky is the limit. I think it's, it's, it should be one of the, of, of the mandatory tools that you, you need to have as an author. You must be able to talk about your book effectively, communicate it properly. I think that's very true as well. But I want to take a, a slight sidestep for the moment and ask, uh, why do you think it's important for us as human beings to tell our story, to share our story? Two important things that I can actually talk to you about. One, it's you as, as the author. I figured how therapeutic it is to literally write about you or to literally write about anything that you want to share to someone else. It, it, it has a lot of therapy. For me, I, I, I speak and write about self-discovery, for instance. And the things that I'm writing about, they come from personal experience. And they're also where once the things that really worried me and I've because of those things, I've been I've been through stress, I've I've been suicidal, I've failed, a lot was happening, and um, as soon as I start writing about those things, there's some sort of therapy that happens to me personally now, and the same therapy that I I tend to have it permeates to someone else that's now actually reading it. I always say, writing is uh is a different thing. No, when, when you when, when, when you're an author, you've experienced a lot of things. And those are personal things. They are yours. It's the tools for you to be able to survive on this earth and to actually see another day. But once you start writing about it and publishing it, that is one of the selfless acts, which is something that I believe that we should have as human beings. You know, everything that you're experiencing, you're experiencing or almost everything that you're experiencing, it is much better and it, actually, it is actually ethical for you to share it with someone else, to someone else, so that they can be able to actually see some things in advance as well. So it, it's a selfless act when you're actually writing. So it is for you and it's for the next person. And as soon as you're able to help the next person, Louise, as far as I'm concerned, I think you're almost living your life's purpose. I like that. And I think it's very true because people learn from reading about other people's experiences and it's a it's a it's a great way to learn whether you're learning something constructive and positive it can help to shortcut that journey or it can be as a cautionary tale to to help people avoid some of the pitfalls then and some of the errors that some of us do make so i think it's, it's a very important part of the writing process as well uh, as, as soon as you are about someone else or the next person, Louise, uh, I, I believe that you are starting, that is when you're starting to leave 
as a human being. Yes. That is when you're starting to live according to your purpose, according to your, to, to your original design as a human being, because you were brought here for someone else. That is why you came through someone else as well. Yeah, that's true. Mm. One of the things that I believe very strongly at the, is that I, as a person with a, a disability, that we're underrepresented in books. Our stories aren't often shared. And if they are shared, they're often shared by other people, not by ourselves. So why do you think that it's important for people with disabilities, particularly to share their stories? Louise, uh, what I can say to you is this. I think the people who should be grateful the most on, on Earth, on planet Earth, the people who should be more grateful is the disabled people. Because at some point, there are they are actually advantaged of using more of the senses of a human being. They're actually forced to do it. And, you know, being in this self-discovery uh, sector for more than 12 years now, I figured, I was blind for about, let me check, I think I was blind for well, about a month. Mm after my accident, because my eyes were burnt as well. I lost my sight completely. Yeah. And that state, that, 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 that state of my life, the sensing, the senses that I've had, the thoughts that I've had, it was like I was in this quiet place where I'm discovering more of me like, like never before. I was surprised by myself. You know, I was surprised about how strong I am. I was surprised about how, 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 how I can be so sensitive to, to the next energy, to the energy of the person next to me without literally seeing that person. So you're seeing the person without seeing them. You're feeling that inner energy. You're feeling, it's like you're even feeling that personality. You know, it's such, um, it is such an, an advantageous state to be in. Now, imagine if you could soak yourself further. Say you are, you are, you are disabled. Instead of you trying to run away from that state, you soak yourself deeper into it and then gather more of, of, of the positivity inside of it. And then with that, you are going to gain more personally. And then you're taking the same thing that you're learning there and then you're sharing it to the next person. I really believe in sharing it. I believe in passing it on. That's the, the, the principle that I have, the passing it on principle. Now, now you're helping someone who can literally see with their naked eye, but you actually show them that they're actually blind. And then they form that, that curiosity and then they would wish to be blind and then they'll realize the fruits of, of being blind, how good it is and, and how, how advantageous it is and, then, and how much ceiling it removes for you. How much, you know, it just removes all the ceiling that you have around you because you start living your life in a totally different way, but in the same world. So I, I think I think we should be grateful, you know, if if and when we are in, in that state. So you are grateful, and your sign of gratitude is to be selfless 
and write about it. Believe me, it's going to make a lot of difference for you, and it's going to make a difference for the next to the next person as well. Look, going back to what you said earlier, I think the the act of writing, as you say, can be incredibly healing. So I think that that's one Big aspect. Time. But I also want to pick up on what you've just said here. I think there's so many of the stereotypes about disability. You know, the, the, the most people believe that if you're disabled, it means you're incapable and can't do things. When in fact, if we share our stories, we can show people and tell people through our stories, through our experiences, how capable we are and to invite them into the world in which we work and live. So, oh, and look at look at you, Louise. Look at you. You are you are just off the hook, so to speak. And everyone wishes that they were you. <laughs> I think I'm running out of. Well, that's very sweet <laughs> of you to say that. But I, yeah, but I do believe that it's really important for us to 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 share those stories so that people can understand better how we live our lives. Moving from the importance of sharing stories, I want to ask you to just let people know if they'd like to find out more about you, about the work you do, about Gratio Creations, if they're looking for someone to come and speak, how can they contact you? No, for from Do Matenjo, it's actually easier uh, because if you just type on Google, Do Matenjo. Do Matenjwa. You'll actually find me. I have a website, do matenjwa.co.za. And on Facebook, I'm do matenjwa. On Instagram, I'm do matenjwa. On Twitter, I'm do matenjwa. And my email address is do, which is mdu at gracio.co.za. Gracio is G R A S H Y O. And as for the publishing, it's Gracio Publishers. It's Gratio Publishers. Uh, in all platforms, we are Gratio Publishers. And the website is, is Gratio.club. So it's www.gratio.club. The email address is publishers at gratio.co.za. That's perfect. Thank you so much. And my apologies if I've been calling the, the publishing house by the wrong name throughout the interview. No, it's actually the correct name. It's a correct name. Don't worry. Okay. That's a relief. Thank yeah. you. So then as yeah, a final as a final question, if there's someone listening who wants to share their story, who is wanting to write their book, how should they start? If you have it in your mind, Louise, if you have it in your mind, that's the first step. And don't look back. And you don't literally or necessarily have to write it down. As long as you can talk about it, then that is your business. So I usually say, mind your own business. If what you have in your mind is what you can just talk about, you already have a book there. You just have to find the correct midwife, so to speak, to help you deliver that baby. So all you can do is talk so people can record you they can subscribe and help your book you know, to be out there. So just mind your own business. Do whatever you can 
to, to communicate it. Whichever way you can communicate it, I'm certain that the next person or there is someone or there is a company that can actually help you. Not necessarily Russia publishes, but there is a company that can actually can necessarily help you to actually have your, your work out there with what you have. And two, ne never doubt yourself. Just know that nothing is wrong with you, for, especially for, for, for the disabled. You know, I was speaking to, to some employees in one of the mines, you know, who were disabled. And all I had to let them know is that nothing is wrong with them. In fact, they are the greatest art of all time. So as soon as you start knowing how valuable you are, as soon as you start knowing that you are, nothing is wrong with you, you start gaining that confidence and then you dig deeper into yourself and everything that you keep digging out, you start realizing that it is too much for you alone. It is for someone else as well. So automatically there, you're going to have a message to actually communicate to the next person because of the abundance of knowledge of self that you have. And then you can actually start moving it from there. And one of the medium that you can use to communicate that is to write about it. That's great advice. And as you say, I think the, the most important starting point is to have the idea, to have the message in your mind True. first. And then work with way through. Yeah, yeah. Mdul, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. It's been a pleasure to chat to you and to learn from you and from your experiences as a human, as well as someone who is a writer and a publisher. So thank you so much for joining us on A Different Way of Seeing. you enjoyed my conversation with Mdu Matenjwa of Gracio Creations. I know there were a few instances where the audio failed in Mdu's conversation, but I really hope that you did gain value from what he chose to share with us. Just a reminder that if you could to subscribe or follow the podcast, and it would really help us if you could rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify, because that helps new listeners to find what we're doing. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Different Way of Seeing. We would love to connect with you, so find Lois at loisstrachen.com or Facebook, Lois Strachan Speaker. This podcast was edited by Craig Strachan using Hindenburg Pro. Hindenburg, it's all about the story. The credits are done at Naledi Media. Naledi Media, all your vocal needs under one roof. Read by Charlie Gassi. That's it for now. Thank you for joining us and see you next time when we bring you into the world of seeing differently.